Hi there. Welcome to Voices in Value-Based Care, the podcast where we bring together the brightest minds in healthcare to map the industry's transformative shift from fee-for-service to value-based care. I'm Vic Backrew, a physician, serial entrepreneur, and the CEO of InnoVista Health. We're an organization that's here to help independent healthcare providers drive transformational change and achieve success in value-based care. Today, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Geetha Nayar to the show. Geetha is the author of the upcoming book, Dead Wrong, Diagnosing and Treating Healthcare's Misinformation Illness. She's a nationally recognized leader in healthcare information technology and has served as chief medical officer at Salesforce, AT&T, and elsewhere. Geetha, very excited to have you today. Thanks for joining. Likewise. Thanks so much for the invitation, Vic. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, today, we're going to discuss misinformation in healthcare, its effect on patients, clinicians, and organizations, and what you, as the listeners, can do about it. Geetha, thanks again for joining. Let's dig in. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel value-based care and misinformation are connected. Well, I think they're completely tied together because you and I know the more prevention, the more education, the more value you bring to care, the better the outcomes and the better the numbers, right? The better the ROI. Unfortunately, doctors are not incentivized to do value-based care, right? In a, in a typical fee-for-service model, it's the opposite. It's get in, get out, do more procedures. So value-based care is actually perfect for this because when a provider is able to do it correctly, when a patient has someone to go to, even before they get sick, to have a conversation, to get proper information, they can action it and they can actually prevent a very horrible outcome as well as a costly outcome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot about, you know, exactly the impact that you describe. So in Dead Wrong, you argue that misinformation is timeless. What do you mean by that? Well, Vic, it's always been a chronic, ever-present issue. I think so much of what we think about misinformation today, everyone thinks of COVID, but you and I both know as doctors, this dates back before our time. Think about fertility, think about UTIs, HIV, AIDS. COVID was just a spectacular example of how many myths there are out there and how much confusion, as well as manipulation, right? So many bad characters yeah. that really have profits to be made, politics to, to be had, and this is not the conversation to have with those folks, right? We want to be having those conversations with our doctor or trusted healthcare experts. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think the prevalence of misinformation is something that we need to deal with head on. And I worry about it in the context of not just the day-to-day, but how does this affect the long-term outcomes that we're able to deliver? And that, for me, really ties back to value-based care. And I'm curious from your vantage point, when did all of this start? When did misinformation and even disinformation become a thing in healthcare? You know, a lot of people think that this started because of social media, right? It's it's the doctor, quote right. unquote, <laughs> from TikTok that started this. But this actually dates long before you and my time. Spanish flu, polio, the Black Death. People are the problem, not technology. Again, bad players with ulterior motives. And frankly, People who are curious and, and don't understand complicated things are, are going to be victims and vulnerable to these types of predators. Yeah, no, I, I see that. And from your vantage point, again, what can healthcare organizations do about this? And specifically, you know, I think a lot about the independent provider, right? The mom and pop shops, if you will, that have practiced or had potentially for 10, 20, 30 years and are really trying to compete in an ecosystem that's becoming increasingly consolidated. So, you know, how can they 
start to combat misinformation at a very local level? Well, number one, talking to patients, which is what we as physicians do every day, but talking specifically about this and understanding your own patient population, where are they getting information? What are they curious about? This is already coming up in conversations, but being as intentional as you can about that, as well as surveying, right? So as much as anecdotal evidence is helpful, but as well as surveying your patients. And I think you're going to find the same things I found in, in my own practice of medicine, which is that information comes from all kinds of sources that are reachable and relatable, but not necessarily medical. So that could be yeah. social media, that could be the hairdresser, that could be your family or your friends. And so keeping all of that in mind, then as a physician, it's important to always and sincerely, authentically look at the resources you can provide, right? And I appreciate there's economics behind it. So even if it's those good old fashioned pamphlets, still pointing those to your consumers, your patients, as well as online resources. I know I direct patients all the time to the Lupus Foundation, the Arthritis Foundation for all our room stuff. Um, And I say, yes, you can use Google, but don't look at anything else except for these places, right? And then ideally where a provider is able to partner with those in marketing, those in communications, those in IT, and actually provide content and provide that stickiness in the digital age. That's ultimately the right way to do it. Depending on if you're in an enterprise, depending on if you're independent, There are actually really, really inexpensive tools that are available now. And at the end of the day, patients still trust their doctor. 57% of all Americans say that that is still the one person they trust, data from 2021. And creating that stickiness in the digital age 24-7, that's what patients want. And they want to know what you think. They want to know what I think. So while Google's great and generic information is great, How much better as a provider if you can provide your own content? And then if things go south, being able to say, make an appointment, make a virtual visit. I've got your back, right? Very different from that anonymous source on social. And Cleveland Clinic has done this tremendously well. We actually feature Paul Matson, who drove their entire strategy at Cleveland Clinic in the book. And it's a brilliant, yeah, it's a brilliant enterprise strategy on really bringing storytelling of their doctors who are their local superheroes um, to that mass scale marketing communications plan in a really relatable way that really was a great partnership between marketing communications, the clinical and tech teams. And I think that to enterprises out there that are doing that, that will continue to be the strategy for patient acquisition and retention and value-based care and ultimately driving next best action if we think about value-based care and getting people to do that mammogram, do that colonoscopy and all the things I know that you're doing every day at you know, Vista. Yeah, no, such a great point. And also thanks for calling out a great example that, you know, we need to keep front and center if we're going to get this right. I want to go back to, you mentioned digital age and really no conversation involving you and me would be complete without touching on cutting edge technology. And there's so much discussion these days about, you know, artificial intelligence and how that is going to change our lives in unforeseen ways. When you think about AI and the role that it'll have in either addressing or potentially impacting in other ways, bad information, um, trust development, and perhaps hopefully improving outcomes for patients, help us along here. Like, where would you put AI in this landscape and what's the future look like for us here? So look, the opportunities are endless. And again, we're talking about an age old issue that existed long before AI, long before social media. So this is still a people issue and a people problem. And I think we just have to remember that as we look at all the opportunities for generative AI, 
uh, AI and social media, which continues to be a very powerful tool when used correctly. So it's really about being very intentional, understanding the technology. There's still a lot we're learning about generative AI, making sure that we are not infusing our own biases into these technologies is important, particularly if we think about the underserved, as well as the ethical uses, right? So, so understanding really the ethics around artificial intelligence, how to use it. And again, I am a believer in, in technology, but I'm a believer in people first. And when you can marry the two of them, I think the opportunities are endless, particularly as we are suffering from a physician shortage and a nursing shortage. We simply don't have enough clinicians to take care of patients that have healthcare questions and problems every day. So health literacy is the issue of the day. Raising that only helps solve the physician shortage issue and the burnout issue. And technology has unbelievable opportunities to automate the things we can, the simple questions we have. But when we need those deeper human connections, that's really going to be the importance of how we use these technologies, how we implement them. Well, from what I can see here, a lot of the opportunity in value-based care as it relates to especially the points you've made either around prevention and screening ties directly back to that misinformation cascade. And it really is a cascade. It's an opportunity for us to, as the providers on the front lines, as physicians, as advanced practice providers, find a way to engage with our patients to really remove misinformation from the equation. That trusted relationship can be leveraged in a way that allows you to really connect with the individual as we do today, but to almost dispel the myths that are out there using reliable resources like you've called out. And I think that will actually map to the outcomes that we're all trying to drive. So, you know, if there's a call to action in here somewhere, it's really to continue to reference the reliable resources that people should continue to use to educate themselves. As always, Geetha, I'm, I'm continually learning from you, even back as a medical student, as our listeners may not know, but uh, I've known you for many, many years and you continue to uh, just teach me new things every day. So I'm so grateful for our time today. Thank you. You bet, Vic. So proud of all the work you're doing and you'll always be a fourth year medical student to me with your short white coat. That's how I see you. I want all your viewers to imagine that, picture that. But that's how I see you and I'm really proud of the work you're doing. Well, you're too kind. Um, well, great. And for our listeners today, thank you so much for joining another episode of Voices in Value-Based Care. I'm Vic Backrew, CEO of InnoVista Health. And today I've been joined by Dr. Geetha Nair, who's releasing a new book called Dead Wrong, Diagnosing and Treating Healthcare's Misinformation Illness. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, take care.